Bruce glanced toward the window, where dark skies peeked in along the edges of the blinds and didn't know whether it was late in the evening or early in the morning. Either way, he was in deep shit with Catherine. Late nights spent reviewing reports and attending last-minute meetings were becoming a common occurrence in this line of work, not something the mother of his three young children wanted to hear. He glanced at the picture of his family that took up prime real estate on his desk. It had been taken when they were on vacation in the Florida Keys. Catherine loved the beach. The children missed him, and the thought of his constant absence from their lives hit him like a blow to his gut. Perhaps he would take off work tomorrow. Shoulders hunched, he stiffly rose out of the chair and switched off the lamp. As he slipped on his gray suit jacket, the desk phone rang. The special line was flashing red, indicating that the call was coming from the pit. Eric was on duty and wouldn't call if it weren't important. He had probably called the house first, waking Catherine and the children. Maybe those damn pagers hadn't been such a bad idea, but security protocols for Ducks Corp mandated that the use of pagers was forbidden because they left more of a trail than using the telephone. He strode back to his desk and picked up the phone. Bruce, thank God you haven't left yet. You need to come to the pit right away. We have an incident. Incident was code for get down here now, and this was all that could safely be mentioned on a phone. I'll be right there, Bruce said. In the late 70s, the U.S. Army had commissioned an intelligence gathering project to test the validity of the psychic warrior. These specialists were used to spy on enemy installations and provide preliminary reconnaissance deep in hostile territory. Bruce Matherson was a project lead contractor for Ducks Corporation, and at 30 years old he had a proven track record for getting solid results. At this point, the project only received laughable support from the U.S. military, but Bruce didn't care. The brass didn't know the team had stumbled upon a veritable gold mine in intelligence gathering, but they wouldn't have been able to see beyond its militaristic application. There was more to do than spy on enemy nations. Research institutions, both domestic and abroad, warranted closer scrutiny, and the insights gained were truly enlightening. Bruce was using the program to test subjects who showed an inclination toward a sixth sense, with none of the hokey, new-age bullshit that went with it. The program fed the army some usable intelligence reports with a marginal rate of error. But Bruce, along with his partners, Eric Bridges and Jeffrey Radford, the rising stars at Ducks Corp., had agreed that in order to maintain the most influential role in the project, they couldn't be completely honest with their findings. Intelligence was the world's currency, and Bruce knew the Russians had similar programs running. The pit, where the magic with monitoring and reconnaissance happened, was located in the old wooden barracks, well away from the real action at Fort Meade. Housing them there had been intended as an insult, but it suited their needs quite well and was far away from prying eyes. Bruce hopped in an old army jeep they used to get around the base and drove down to the barracks. It was a cool fall evening with a hint of moisture in the air. Through slightly foggy windows, Bruce noticed the vacant buildings lining the road. They were old and hadn't been used since the 70s. The glowing lights of the barracks were the only indication that anyone was working at this part of the base. Eric was outside waiting for him, waving excitedly as Bruce parked the jeep and got out. You're not going to believe what's happening, Eric said, holding the door for him. It must be important. 
since we're not supposed to leave the pit until we've been relieved. Bruce mildly chided. Radford is there. I had to call him in too, Eric said, leading him down the hallway and into the pit, where a grouping of eight reclining seats was equipped with leads that attached to the viewers who occupied them. Remote viewing enjoyed a time-honored status that lingered between ridiculous and flights of fantasy. Most people confused a sixth sense with deductive reasoning, but Bruce's team had been able to demonstrate a way to delve deeper into the capabilities of the human brain. Although shamans used hallucinogens to reach a receptive state, and Eastern monks spent years meditating to achieve it, with the help of the army, the team had been able to run a series of tests on candidates to determine how receptive a person was without those practices. If the candidate qualified, they were brought into the program for more training. Bruce's work focused on bringing non-military personnel into the training program. They normally ran sessions with three viewers at a time, tasked by various intelligence agencies to observe and report on assigned targets. Usually by the time the requests came to them, the investigators had exhausted all other avenues. Coming to them was, in essence, a Hail Mary pass at the end of the fourth quarter, and the clock had already expired. The viewers' vitals were constantly monitored while they were in the cradle, which was a reference to the recliners the viewers sat in during a session. Monitoring vitals was essential to the validation of the viewers' report. This kept both the viewers and trainees honest. Even the best liars had a tell of some sort, be it an elevated heart rate, a twitch, or some other physical movement. Bruce entered the pit. The viewers all had their eyes squeezed shut. Their heart rates were elevated, and beads of sweat dotted their foreheads. Bruce bent over one of them and snapped his fingers in front of their face, but there was no response. He checked their vitals again, but they hadn't changed. It was as if the viewers weren't aware of their physical surroundings. What happened? How long have they been like this? Bruce asked. They started the session normally, studying this evening's targets. About fifteen minutes into the session, Lewis began muttering about space in something called the Nine. Started saying all kinds of strange things. We're still recording, but we can see a video of it in observation, Eric said. Have you tried to wake them? They've been unresponsive to all attempts so far. Bruce frowned, studying the viewers. Call the nurse in here to start IV bags with saline for each of them. That should prevent dehydration. Observation was a room away from the pit where they could monitor the viewers without causing distraction. Jeffrey Radford was standing to the side as they entered, speaking to three young men in army fatigues. Each had a notebook out, recording the time and instrument readings. Great, you found him, Radford said when he saw them.